still don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild in dead end streets and Did you recognize that ad? Maybe if you watched the Super Bowl, you remember seeing it. That's because it's one of the ads from nine different car companies that ran on this year's Super Bowl, which may be a record. And that's what today's show is all about. Advertising, or more specifically, automotive advertising. What's good, what's not, what works, what doesn't? On today's show, we're going to talk all about the best and worst car ads that have appeared in the last year, not just on the Super Bowl. And joining me for today's show are three experts who really know the advertising business. Gary Topoleski is a creative ad director with a lot of experience in making ads. Gene Halliday is a journalist who writes for Autoadopolis. And David Kiley reports on the advertising business for AOL Autos and Advertising Age. Automakers spend a fortune on advertising. In fact, it's one of the highest consumer categories for ad spending, and it literally runs into billions of dollars. So which automakers are getting the biggest bang for their buck? Well, stay right where you are because we'll be getting into all that in just a moment. From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine. What does this city know about luxury? Huh? What does a town that's been to hell and back know about the finer things in life? This is the Motor City, and this is what we do. In case you hadn't seen it, that's just a little snippet of an ad that Chrysler ran during the Super Bowl, an ad that we're going to be discussing today because it caused a lot of controversy. And joining me for that discussion are David Kiley from AOL Autos and Advertising Age, Gary Topoleski, a creative director who's worked in the advertising agency, and Gene Halliday from Autoadopolis. Great having you all here today. Gene, I'll start with you. That Chrysler ad with Eminem imported from Detroit. What do you make of the whole thing? It was surprising. Of course, they were one of the few advertisers that didn't release it pre-game. And the two minutes just went by so fast. I thought it was gritty and honest. Uh, I think it makes Detroiters feel happy to be from Detroit. And I also think it will resonate outside of this market with any American town that's been devastated by uh, the bad economy. Gary, of course, everybody in Detroit seems to like the ad because it says, hey, we're gritty, but we're still here. But do you, will it, you know, to Gene's point, will it play outside of this area? I, I think it will. I think it was one of the uh, ads that actually had something that had a real message uh, embedded in it. And it was real, it was authentic, and it just kind of you know, laid it all on the line. I think that it's going to make a huge effect, and, and it's one of my favorites of the Super Bowl. David, two minutes, uh, like Gene said, it seemed to fly by. Other ads that were only 30 seemed to take forever, but why did this thing go by so fast? Or maybe I should first ask, did you like this ad or not? I did like it a lot because Chrysler and its chief marketing officer, Olivier Francois, left it all on the field, okay? A two-minute ad, never been done before. He had to break the rules in order to get a two-minute spot. Thing cost 10 or $12 million to buy the time. Uh, uses Eminem, has Detroit in the, in the new campaign positioning. How many people would ever, you know, put the word Detroit these days into their ad slogan? There's an awful lot to like about this. Controversial, yes. 
it's what everybody's talking about today, in part, as Gene said, because they didn't release it before the game like most other people did. So I think, for example, the Volkswagen ad that we'll talk about later, the Darth Vader ad, that was released, what, a week before? So it's kind of talked out. This is now the post-game discussion. I like that. As David mentioned, Olivier Francois, who runs the Chrysler brand, is a Frenchman. And I'm saying I don't think any Detroit-born, Detroit-raised American executive would have ever approved an ad like that. Am I right? I think you're absolutely right because I think there's, there's, been, there's been times when that's been on the table. You know, we're from Detroit. We're proud of Detroit. It's the Motor City. You know, sometimes we want to act too global and we kind of forget our roots. And I think that it took somebody from the outside to actually see that. And I think it's hugely impactful. And I think we should credit Wyden and Kennedy from Portland for coming mm -hmm. up with this idea. Right. Yeah, awesome. An ad agency from Portland, oh, Oregon. Yeah, West Coast. <laughs> and two, I also think it's worth saying, stay tuned, because this is not a one-off. Olivier Francois seems to want to make Detroit and Detroit's story and Detroit's comeback uh, that we all hope takes place to be part of the Chrysler comeback story. Um, and I think there's going to be more to this idea than just a Super Bowl ad. I think this is the beginning of a lot of other interesting stuff that um, is going to set Chrysler apart. Okay, David had mentioned this Darth Vader ad that was uh, released a week ahead of time. What did you make of that one? Yeah, it was very cute, and I know it's very likable. A lot of it ranked very highly in some of the polls already. But um, you know, there's been research for years that says that any commercials with dogs and children rank very high in likability. And so there you have it. That doesn't tell you a lot about the Passat, really, which isn't coming till fall. So they have time to fool around with it. It was it was it was humorous and cute. Kia had uh, an over-the-top kind of ad there, Gary, for the, the Optima. Uh, let's go to that one for a little bit right for the moment. So what do you make of this ad? Well, I think it's like let's find every trick in the book and let's try to let's try to put it out there and see what we can do. Bombs, effects, things of that nature. And I know that that's what the Super Bowl spots are, you know, typically all about. But it's just basically let's see what kind of effects, you know, we can we can uh, pursue and let's just throw them into this huge bucket of uh, special effects. That's what I take out of it. I, I liked it a lot. In uh, fact, this is exactly what I expect from a Super Bowl ad. Mm -hmm. Way over the top, you know, super production values. It, it worked for me. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, the whole thing that held it together at the end was it's epic. And, and that's what, what the whole commercial, and it was. It was a Super Bowl spot. Absolutely. I I'm, loved it. I'm with Gary. I'm a writer. I thought it was too much overwrought, not enough story. And I miss the hamsters. I miss the Kia hamsters. <laughs> I was looking for where's the hamster in that spot. No. And you're talking about the Kia Soul, right. using those wrapping hamsters to right. help promote the, the thing. <laughs> and even they've used the hamsters a couple of times now in ads. And I, you know, to, to the critters, you know, to your point, my dog loved the Volkswagen ads. So <laughs> <laughs> BMW also spent on this. Anybody want to talk about their ad? I think it's a split decision on that one. Um, I, I like the diesel commercial, and I think they needed to catch up on diesel anyway and let people know. Um, but they said that they were going to do two surprising things that would surprise Americans in their ads. And the other one about we built the X3s in America was a yawn, I thought. Yeah, that didn't work for me whatsoever. It's, like, I, I'm not, it's curious to see BMW spending so much advertising money to say we're made in America. It didn't compute. I'm not, I'm not sure that really resonates with the 
BMW buy her. I, I understand from talking to them that they're trying to get away from the hardcore performance image, which their research says attracts a lot of people but puts off a lot of people. But I'm not sure the fact that the X3 is built in South Carolina as your headline, uh, I don't think that's going to sell a lot of X3s. Okay, another luxury brand, Audi, which did this whole thing with Kenny G in a prison break. Oh, I thought that was pretty funny. I, I thought it was a real interesting way to get at it. It was, it was luxury but with a smile. And I, I thought it was just really uh, pretty inspired as far as how, how, it was, uh, how they laid out that message, which you're seeing a lot of that similar message out there. If you, if you notice, I mean, a lot of car companies are saying, this is the new luxury, this is the new style. And I think that they did a real nice job of it. It's, it's giving Audi a real interesting personality. I, I agree. And to me, this was another great Super Bowl ad. You exactly. know, again, very high production values, 60-second mm -hmm. ad, so I like that. And they really teased it a lot on the web, on YouTube, with the sort of longer videos about about uh, luxury prison is what it was. I Breaking the, out of luxury right, prison. I, it's an interesting thing because, you know, after AutoLine, we encourage people to go to Auto to, on the web for more. I would encourage people to look at the longer form versions of some of these ads because I think, especially in the Audi case, they're actually more interesting in the longer versions online than they were in, in the game, I think. So. Chevrolet ran five ads. Here's one of them. Good evening. What would you like to do? Facebook news feed. First post. Jennifer French, best first date ever. Gene, what do you think of everything that Chevy spent on the Super Bowl? I was really disappointed in, in the Chevy uh, work in the, in the Super Bowl. I just, it, a lot of it was just kind of, um, they had a big opportunity to really make a big play and they, it just fell flat. You guys agree? I would have to agree. I keep waiting, you know, for GM and particularly Chevy, which is the bulk of the company, right, to have this breakout creative moment. You know, they launched a new line, a new strategy. Chevy runs deep. They have a terrific ad agency in Goodby Silverstein. It hasn't come together for me yet, though, in, in a real signature, powerful piece of creative. Okay, enough Super Bowl for the moment. Let's look back over the last year or so and take a look at what automotive advertising you guys liked or didn't like. And, uh, Gary, let me start with you. Let's take a look at this, uh, this Jeep Grand Cherokee ad. The things that make us Americans are the things we make. This has always been a nation of builders, craftsmen, men and women for whom straight stitches and clean welds were matters of personal pride. They made the skyscrapers and the cotton gins, Colt revolvers, Jeep 4x4s. Okay, Jeep's really trying to make a statement of, you know, we are what we make, we make what we are. What do you make of the message? I, I think they finally got Jeep back on the right track. It was, uh, they, they took some major detours, I think, over the last few years, but I think, uh, thankfully, they've gotten Jeep back on where it should be. I think it's coming right out of this, the uh, Detroit Chrysler spot that was ran out of the Super Bowl. I think it's right, you know, in the wheelhouse of that, you know, we, we make, make us. And I think it was fantastic. I think it's it's a huge idea for Jeep, and I think it's it's going to be fantastic as they move it forward. I, I agree with Gary, and we, it should be noted it's the same agency that did the yes. Chrysler Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Of course, the White proof is in the pudding too. You know, we may mm -hmm. love the ads, but does it move the metal? In this the case, the, the Grand Cherokee mm -hmm. is off to the races. It's selling very strong, so apparently the right. ads are working. 
What about this other one uh, that Dodge did, David? You know, I, George Washington charging into battle. And a, I personally think this was the best automotive ad of 2010. Really? I do. Oh, my gosh. You know, you know nothing. Get off the set. <laughs> This idea of, of putting a character who looks freakishly like George Washington himself, I mean, take out a dollar bill and, and hold it up next to the ad. As long as what's on the dollar bill really <laughs> looks like he did, right. And, and, uh, and, then, and then to have him driving a Challenger in, into this battle scene. And, you know, it's fun. even the backstory in the ad is great with uh, they, they sort of happened on these reenactors that they could use, these colonial reenactors that were in but I just thought it was this bold stroke, this completely unexpected thing. First use of George Washington in an ad I wasn't defended by. It was so well done. And not just on, you know, President's Day. That's what Selling I mean. Selling furniture. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I just thought it was so totally engaging, unexpected, theatrical, um, just I remembered it. I mean, I can't describe to you really very many, uh, none from Honda or Acura in 2010, you know, Toyota, it's a reach for me. So it's completely memorable, and that's a big part of the game. Get people curious about these about these products. And again, it's Wyden and Kennedy, Portland. Um, they are certainly waving the flag here, but it's done so cool. And the, actually, the, and the commercial ran broke around 4th of July, right. so maybe that was the sort of seed of the whole thing, but it's... It's it's done very well. It's, I agree. The with The other David. part about it that's that's really good. I agree with with Gene and David. I think the I think they really nailed not only creatively, you know, George Washington coming into a field with you know the uh, the British army, you know, chasing him down, but the idea of the strategy behind it and about how dodge it is. It is purely dodge. I mean, mm -hmm. going back to the days of hey, is that you know you got a hemi that thing? I mean that that is dodge. And if you look at all the other commercials that are coming off of there and all the communications from Dodge, they really nailed the, the, the Dodge ad. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it because I didn't like the ad. But going back to the proof in the pudding, mm -hmm. sales of the Challenger yeah. are up strong. Mm -hmm. You were about to make a comment? I was just going to say that, the, um, that, again, Olivier Francois, this Frenchman, told me that he green-lighted the ad as soon as he saw it in storyboard format, whereas the Americans at Chrysler were very hesitant on looking at it on storyboards, and we're like not not so much. And once they saw it on film, they they could see that it had grabbed. But I just think it's interesting that this, um, this French-born guy working for an Italian car company all these years in the United in States, America, <laughs> in, you know, is now in the U.S. and seems to have, I think, a very good antenna for how to walk the line with the Americanness, American values, without saying by American. You know, I think it's, it's very interesting to watch. Well, you can see a real thread through it all, too, as yeah. you look at it, from all the way from the Super Bowl spot for Chrysler, which was, you know, we're not hiding the fact that we're from Detroit, we're American, right into the Jeep, you know, we make, you know what we make, make us. I mean, it's just very straightforward and right to the, you know, right between the eyes. And the, the way the Dodge is being portrayed, American, you know, two things that America got right, you know, cars and freedom.
Okay, I mean, well, let's talk about one thing that Dodge maybe got wrong because there's an ad with kittens in it that <laughs> you guys are all laughing. You don't like this ad. Gene, pick Out up the narrative. Out lunch on this one. And again, the same agency from Portland Widening Charity. Gene's <laughs> on Widen's payroll. No, uh, no but really, no, we, we, should give them, we should give them all the credit, credit for the plans. good. And right. the, yeah. You just wonder what they're thinking. Um, it's people with these crazy cat heads on, and it's like a spy genre. Maybe it's trying to make the minivan look an appeal to men, but it's it you just say, what is this? So you can do well, Babe Ruth <laughs> led the league in home runs and strikeouts. So, you know, it's you, I like that. As You know, maybe as a journalist, it's it makes my life easier to, to write about these things. But I also like it. I mean, I like that they're taking big chances. Let's move to what Ford's doing with the Fiesta. Let's run this one. No keys? Nope. Watch this. Okay, a any comments? What do you guys make of uh, Ford trying to create a whole movement around the Fiesta? Ford absolutely set the bar in social media for this launch. Uh, a year out, I think, I mean, and I'm not just talking about the automotive category, mm -hmm. just for any advertiser, they set the bar and uh, it was awesome. I mean, and plus, it had great metrics if you look at the kind of consideration and awareness for, for, the, for the brand, I mean, for the car, it was uh, awesome. I totally agree. I mean, they had awareness approaching 40% or something before they ever ran an ad in the target demographic, just with all the social media stuff they did. And that uh, was higher consideration than I think, the, or awareness than the Fusion had after five years of spending, you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollars a year. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, they set the bar for social media campaigns, absolutely, and it was very effective. Gary, you like that intertwining of advertising and social media, and you think it's effective? I think it's it's you have to do that to succeed today, and I think what they've done is is fantastic. I think you know, as Gene said, you know, across even, you know, forget about just cars, just communication and advertising in general. You have to do it, you know, that way, and it has you have to use social media. You have to have a, a message for it first, you know, as, as opposed to somebody saying, "Well, we're just going to do some social media." I mean, they actually thought it through. And it worked great for them. And it's just, you know, it's a simple concept, but they leveraged it better than anybody else. And the risk, you know, is when you put it out to social media, people, other people are controlling your brand message and your product message. And, you know, they had the product right. I guess they felt pretty comfortable, but they, they, must, they were a little nervous about it. I mean, Farley will admit that. Yeah, we ran mm -hmm. a, a program with Jim Farley uh, uh, a little while pass. back called Travels with Farley. And that's one of the things he talked about with social media. And that was my question to him. Boy, when you start letting these people who are not trained journalists start reviewing your cars, watch out. And he said, yeah, but they're, they're willing to take that. They believe in the product strong enough. And as you guys know, with the new Ford Focus coming up, all new car, they're, they're taking the same playbook yeah. that they used with Fiesta and using it on on the new focus. As a trained as well. journalist, let me just say, you still need the trained journalist. Yeah, believe yeah. Me. <laughs> but but, but I, I will say, you know, sales for the Fiesta have not taken off. No. But I don't think that's because of a weakness in, in their marketing. I think it has an awful lot to do with unemployment and underemployment among 18 to 34-year-olds. And maybe now with the gas prices rising, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think so. And in fact, if you look at it, uh, the Fiesta has just about caught up with the Honda Fit. 
in sales. And I think Fit sort of leads that genre yeah. of small subcompact car. I just don't think people are buying subcompact cars, period. Right. That's what I think the problem is. But enough, let's go to the other end of the extreme. Take a look at this uh, Toyota Sienna minivan ad. Yeah, this one goes out to all you minivan families out there. Sienna SE in the house. Where my mother father's at? Where my kids at? Where my kids at? Oh, 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 where my kids at? No, seriously, honey, where are the kids? They're right there, see? Oh, cool beans. What do you guys make of this? Well, you know, much like uh, I think what uh, Dodge was trying to do with the kitten spot, trying to take that stigma of van, minivan, off of the, uh, the, the vehicle itself, I think these guys have done it in a way that actually lets you smile and actually appreciate the fact that a minivan can be fun. They're, you know, it doesn't have to have that, that baggage attached to it. And I think they kind of nailed the strategy that Dodge is trying to do in a real nice way. It's real tongue-in-cheek, and there are people that love their minivans, and this is a young family. Uh, they, they use this uh, creative across the web and all over the place, NTV, and I just think it really resonated with a lot of the, the target audience. It was great. It was really smart advertising. Yeah, I grudgingly agree that it was, a, it was a very good campaign. I've just never understood the stigma around a minivan. I've never minded driving a minivan. That's one of our cars at home, so... But I grudgingly admit that they, that they did get that right. So. No, I totally agree with you. I think minivans are very practical. What I find interesting is every time any car company, and they've all tried it, is to do ads and or styling of the vans right. for people who can't stand minivans. I say, you're, you're wasting your money. Yeah. People who hate them aren't going to buy them. People who buy them, buy them because they have to. Mm -hmm. But I thought that Toyota did a pretty good mm -hmm. job yeah. with the Swagger Wagon. I love just going to YouTube and watching the video of yeah. the whole thing. I yeah. thought they did a pretty good job of it. General Motors, let's talk about them for the moment because new head of marketing there, Joel Lewanek, he's trying to shake things up. What do you guys make of the ads that Chevy, or, or I shouldn't just say Chevy, that General Motors has run in the last year? Well, they've been going through uh, many, many transitions, as you, as you know, not only internally, but with, through marketing and advertising agencies. So I think they're still trying to find their, their, uh, their, their sea legs on this stuff. And I think that, you know, there's still a lot to come out of there. But I think, yeah, I think they still haven't really hit their potential yet. So yeah, there's a lot to left to be seen. I'm so sorry. My ride is here. I, yeah, I got to go. He said he was a professional student. No. Of life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Single lane ahead. I'll be in that lane. It's just been a lot of change for them. Um, now they have a new agency for Cadillac, Fallon. Um, so that's hopefully they'll get on a good path there. Um, the early work is kind of so, so, so far, but. Hopefully they'll get back on track, and it is the internal. Think about all of the people that have switched seats. Uh, even now, Joel himself has moved to global marketing, so uh, his man from Hyundai, the number two man, Chris Perry, is in charge. So it's going to be, and it, this should be an interesting year for all of GM. And I still think that they need to do something with Buick too. They need to, you know, take that up a notch so that the advertising matches the product. I'm not sure that they brought in yet enough people from the outside to really affect. The chain, because a lot of the the with a company like GM, you got to hit a lot of singles and doubles and triples and home runs, and I think that the people that are in the middle, like Joe Uwanek, has a great, very good track record. I'm just not convinced that people in the middle are really carrying out the the brief. 
you know, to, to the extent that they need to yet. I just think, I mean, you take some very, very good agencies here, and I'm not seeing the work that I expect yet from those agencies. Uh, partic- you know, Goodby Silverstein, it's a terrific agency. This is their second go-around with GM. They do great work for other clients. I'm waiting for the great piece of work to come for GM. And that's a client problem, not an agency Yeah, problem. and don't you think there is still probably a lot of fear in the ranks of GM and the middle ranks, too, that they're still afraid. You know, I got these new guys at the top. Maybe I'm not so secure here. And there have been some people that have been let go in the middle ranks. So, you know, they're just watching their step, and they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to take a risk. I think there's still a lot of process and paranoia in the ranks at General Motors that's preventing really good breakthrough work from coming out to the rest of us. Whereas you look at a company like Chrysler, they get a guy at the top who is Mr. I'm going with my instinct, you know, and what's And so we're seeing more striking work coming out of Chrysler because of that. The only thing is you guys are experts in this. You're, you're super hyper critics. And I keep saying, you know, the proof is in the pudding and the pudding is in the sales. Mm-hmm. And GM's four brands that they've kept, their sales are up strong. Retail is up strong. So you may not like the ads, but it seems but to me that the ads are working. What are you comparing it to? Some of the worst years of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but, you know. They are up. I, and, you know, they had re- good product before, mm-hmm. and it didn't really sell all that well. Now with the same product, things are selling a whole lot better, not just because the market is up. They're gaining market share. So, yeah, a rising tide rises all boats. But GM's rising even faster than the rest of them in many cases. So that's why I think their advertising is working. Mm-hmm. And their product is working and their pricing mm-hmm. is working. There's a lot of things working in concert. But you're right. You know, we're experts, so-called. I, would, I hesitate to use that phrase to describe myself. But in terms of uh, writing about the story, you know, or, or having stuff to, to that spread socially and that sort of thing. Um, I'm just not seeing it yet. The story of GM is not unfolding yet, you know, for these brands. I guess well, we're going to have you guys, have you guys come yeah. back and give them a report card later on <laughs> in the year here, see how they do. But with yeah. this, we're going to have to wrap up this part of the show. Mm-hmm. David Ky- Kiley, Gene Halliday, Gary Topolowski, thanks so much. I'll be back in a moment with some closing thoughts. One of the things that I love about discussing advertising is that everyone has so many different opinions. You can argue about the creative aspects of these ads, the production values, or the effectiveness of them. And by the way, we did a little bit more arguing about these ads. So if you'd like to hear more of what my panel of experts had to say, you can find more in the John's Journal section of our website. But that brings us to the end of today's show. So for all of us here at AutoLine, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.